Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on first guitars. Whether it was a family member's old classic, a buddy's pawn shop beater, a gift you received, or an item you worked all summer to afford, every guitar player had a first guitar. Of course, back when my dad started, options were expensive and minimal. By the time I started to play, quality beginner guitars were available, but still kind of pricey. Now, starter guitars are plentiful and cheap. But what is the right guitar to start with? Should I get an acoustic or an electric? What's a good budget? Are there guitars that I should not get? And where do I go to buy a beginner guitar? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. I am very fortunate to have someone to go onto a journey with in guitar. You know, I've got my brothers, I have my family, I have my friends like you and Beth and Lloyd and all those people. And so I know that I'm fortunate to have that. Now, I would be nowhere in guitar without a first guitar. So, Jason, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here on this guitar journey with me. And I have a starting question for you, which is, tell me about your first guitar. Well, first of all, it's good to be back with you, as always. Yeah. I grew up around guitars. My my grandfather played, my uncle played, and my brother played, and even my dad played a little bit. So I kind of was around them all the time. So when I think of my first guitar, I don't really remember the first one I saw, but I remember the first one I got. And it was for yeah. Christmas one year. And it was a black Sensonics guitar with a built-in speaker. It had like a maybe a four to five, six-inch speaker kind of in the where your arm would rest. And so it had a built-in amplifier in it. And my parents <laughs> got me that for Christmas. And I remember it came in a pink box, like a triangle-shaped box. And, yeah. um, I had just, I, I think the movie La Bamba had just come out and I wanted to be <laughs> Richie Valens so bad because I just remember thinking that dude is so cool wearing the glittery, like silver glittery jacket, walking around yes. guitar slung on yes. his back and they get up there and start singing. So my parents got me that. And I remember I used it as a prop for like Halloween and stuff. Uh, I was Richie Valens yeah. for Halloween one year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, rem- I remember um, using it as a prop before I actually learned how to play it. And then I started thinking, well, I might as well learn to play it. So kind of started messing around a little bit with it. Um, and that was my very first guitar. Now I still have yeah. it and <laughs> I'll look at it. Do you? I do still have it and the box. My parents were oh my gosh. Uh, smart enough to keep it, you know, thinking, hey, this is his first guitar. He, he might want this. So I have it and yeah, it's... It's really cool. So I probably, I should build a little case for that or something and, and hang it up yeah. on my wall. That'd be kind of cool. Do one of those, like, uh, those f- picture frame yes. type of displays where it's really more art than it is. Exactly. Yeah. Guitar. I'll, I'm going to yeah. save it for my museum one of these days when I open my own oh, museum. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It'll be a museum of all the, all the stuff that's in our closet. All the different pedal boards <laughs> I own. <laughs> yeah, that's Rolls right. Rolls of Velcro everywhere. <laughs> All the stuff we got from uh, Premier Guitar Mystery Stocking. Yeah. yeah. My glow knob. <laughs> your bird cord coupon. Yeah. Exactly. And your glow knob and, you know, yes. that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you know, my first guitar, I, I was fortunate enough that I was around a family also 
that was into guitar and my brothers played and my dad played and actually I posted on Instagram, Twitter and uh, Facebook that picture of two Moserite headstocks mm-hmm. and the reason why I had this Moserite headstock up there was actually because of the fact that was my dad's guitar. That was the guitar that kind of started it all for me and and my love of guitar. But I didn't really learn to play on that because dad did not want me touching that very much. <laughs> and so the one I learned to play on was actually my brother's Fender Bullet guitar. Yeah. It was red and it had this like telly headstock type of look to it. It was from the 80s. It was like 82, 83. It was made in America. And I learned to play on that some, but that that really wasn't my guitar. And actually, an interesting story with that guitar is when my brother got his 91 American Strat, mm-hmm. he was like, I, I don't need this Fender Bullet anymore. And so he sold it off to my friend Ryan, who played it for a few years and, and enjoyed it. And he left it at a buddy's house. And when he went back to go get it, his buddy said, oh, it was stolen. Well... I was headed towards work one day and I happened to see this pawn shop and I saw they had all these guitars and I went, well, you know, I'm going to go in. And when I went in to look at the guitars, I went, I think I know that guitar. Uh And so I called up my buddy and I was like, Ryan, did you sell this guitar? And he went, no, it was stolen. I went, well, I found it. (laughs) And sure enough, his buddy that he left the guitar there at his house, he pawned it off. So it really was stolen? Like his his friend had taken it for him? His his friend is the one that stole. His friend said wow. it was stolen from his house, but really what happened was his friend pawned it off for wow. some cash. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, so we ended up finding that, and that that was kind of cool. But anyway, that was a side story. Um, my guitar. When it comes to my first guitar, I got a 1994 made in Mexico blue Stratocaster, mm-hmm. and I tell you what, it was the pride enjoy of my toys at the time Mm -hmm. you know and I was 14 so it wasn't like you know it wasn't like it was a toy toy but at the same time it was a toy you know it was a hobby it was fun and I I loved that thing I loved it so much I had my senior picture taken with it I think I remember when you got that guitar and I remember coming over and seeing it and being like dang that's a that's a pretty guitar because it's kind of like a Lake Placid Blue, maybe. Yeah, it, it's kinda. but it but it's kind of the the Mexico colors, so it wasn't right, the. Right. It was like a brighter light blue, almost yeah. a little metallic-y, as opposed to that Lake Placid, which is a little more on the blue green. You know, right, right. If if I remember correctly, this is right around the time Los Lonely Boys were out, and yes, the lead singer had a cross sticker on his Stratocaster, and am I? Correct, and remembering that you had a big cross sticker on the on that guitar on the front. I of it. did not have a cross sticker. What I did was, you know those those Christian fish decals. Yes, that you yes. put on a car. You know yes. they're like they come out and they're like silvery, but they're plastic or whatever. Yes, the upper bout where the bridge pickup is on the pick guard is the perfect spot to be able to fit that, That's that right. Christian fish. Yeah, and so I ended I knew up there putting was something that right there. Yes. Yep. Um, And, you know, proud moment for once in my life, I saw my brother copy me in guitar. Oh, cool. Because he saw that and went, okay, that's cool. And he did it as well. And I I was proud. I was proud. That was cool. That was very cool. 
you know, I, I had that guitar for a long time and I really liked it. I modified the crud out of it. Actually, mm-hmm. speaking of, you know, senior and graduation and all that kind of stuff, as a graduation gift, my brother Paul decided to give me the neck off of his guitar. Yep, I remember that. And ended up putting it onto that one. And then my neck went onto a 62 reissue strat mm-hmm. because the 62 reissue neck is actually something that Paul wanted for his guitar. So Yeah, so he was big into Stevie Ray Vaughan, and I remember him yep. wanting, like we were all chasing kind of whoever our idol was at the moment, and yep. uh, he wanted that vintage kind of style neck on there. And that's kind of my first thought into, oh, there's a difference between vintage style stuff and modern stuff. But I do remember that. It was like the great neck swap of 95 or 98 yeah. or whatever. So you, let me make sure I, I, I think I got this right. So you got his USA American made neck on your blue body. Yep. He got the 62 reissue neck on his sunburst strat that was a American standard. Yes. And then the 62 reissue got the made in Mexico neck. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay. But what was so interesting, the reason why Paul did this whole swap of the neck was because Mars music. Do you remember Mars Music? Of course. Yes. Mars Music was running this huge sale on 62 reissue guitars, Mm -hmm. and it was like 350 bucks for this guitar. And so he was like, well, shoot, how about I buy this for 350 and I sell off the guitar with a different neck for 250. Yeah. And so that's what he ended up doing. It was like, oh, man, that's a win-win for everybody on that one. Now I kind of wish that we still had that. 62 reissue and not only that but thank you to leo fender for making everything interchangeable so oh yeah you can do all that yeah well and and that's part of it i mean i modified the crud out of that thing i put a different pick guard on different pickups in it and i mean it was it was super fun but you know what we'll save that for a modification day we'll do a modification (laughs) therapy session or whatever oh man all right well yeah can i add really quick um just shortly after probably around my 16th birthday my parents got me a Squire Strat and I got a yeah. a kind of an Eric Clapton model looking one. It was a black Squire Strat with maple neck. And yeah. it's funny because that was kind of my first real guitar and I kept that for a while. And, you know, I'm always looking for my next guitar kind of. And yeah. I'm currently in the process of building one. And it's funny because I'm making it look basically just like that black yeah. Strat body, maple neck. And so I've kind of come full circle to that again. <laughs> so, yeah, when I see that, when I see that look, that you know, blacky Clapton strap. It's just, yeah. it brings back good memories. Cause that was my first real Fender guitar. Well, it's interesting to me that you and I, for our first guitars, we both went electric. Yep. Because a lot of people go with acoustic for the first guitar. So if mm-hmm. you had to make a recommendation for a first time player, a newbie, would you choose an electric guitar or an acoustic guitar? What would you recommend? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to backtrack just a little bit because I actually, my first, I take it back, my first real guitar was an acoustic guitar. And I, I forgot about that because if you remember in the early 90s, I was big into Garth Brooks. Like he was oh yeah everything. Well, and blame so, it all on my roots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I, I found in a pawn shop... It was a black acoustic guitar, and it had a pickup in there. And I remember thinking it was called an Emperor Door, 
some you know import <laughs> brand whatever but yeah. it looked like a it looked like a black taco mini and so i bought it and i want to say it was like around 100 200 bucks something like that but i just remember coming back home and i was like oh my gosh i have an acoustic guitar with a pickup in there and so that was actually my first real guitar so well hold on so was the sinsonic or was the Esteban? Okay. What was it? Es- okay. <laughs> Emperador. Get it straight. Emperador, your first one. Okay. No, you're right. I, t- I take it back. The the uh, Sensonic was my very first one. Okay. The Emperador was when I got serious about playing and not just pretending to, to sing in front of a mirror. Then which would you actually suggest? Would you suggest an electric or an acoustic guitar then as somebody's very first guitar? I think about that a lot because, you know, whenever people find out you play guitar, you're constantly getting questions. Hey, I'm buying my kid a guitar. I'm buying my husband yeah. a guitar, you know, and I I usually tend, I think it just varies on what they want out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, kids a lot of time want to play rock. And so I'll recommend an electric guitar for them. But there's a lot of guys, you know, if, if I hear somebody that likes country I or, you know, songwriter stuff, whatever, I recommend an acoustic because if you want to sit around the campfire and, and play and sing, you probably want an acoustic guitar. You don't want to be yeah. playing a Les Paul out there. So I just think it, I think it varies depending on what ultimately they want out of it. Cause if you want to be, you know, Ed Sheeran, you know, like a little version of that, buying your kid an electric guitar is not going to be what they really want. If they yeah. want to go be a rock star, you know, strumming an acoustic guitar is not what they want. So I think it just varies depending on the situation. I agree with that. But at the same time, I look at the longevity of the player, you know, and obviously you got to find something that the kid is going to be inspired to play. And that's assuming this is a kid learning to play, not an adult learning to play. Right. But either way, you want something that they're going to want to stick with. They're going to enjoy. They're going to cherish and it's going to inspire them to pick it up and go play it. Now, with that said, then there's reality. You know, when I was. 16 and I wanted to go buy a car man a Corvette would have been awesome but I couldn't handle a Corvette like I would have been all over the place I would have hated the car honestly you know (laughs) it's just I would have been stalling the thing it would have been terrible so the same thing I think goes for a guitar is you got to get something that's playable something that's not too hard on the fingers at first something you're really going to enjoy and then move on from there so I actually recommend an electric guitar all the time that's okay and it's mostly just because it is easier to play it's easier on the fingers you know Mm -hmm. it's it's usually easier to keep in tune and keep the neck from warping because you know the the necks are not under as much tension with bigger strings and 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 things like that and i think it's also because it's quieter you can play in your room and you can mess up and you're not worried about someone in the next room calling you an idiot and all, you know, like, oh, you're terrible. Except, you know, it's like people in band who play the trumpet or the trombone or the drums. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, why did we allow them to right. do the tuba? I, I, you know, yeah. I don't know what's happening. So I do that. But I don't want to discount the fact that when you start to really learn the chords and you start to really get into it and you see that this is something you love you should also get an acoustic guitar. Yeah, absolutely. I think an acoustic guitar should be a close follow-up. You know, similar to how it worked with you, where you got that that Synsonic, and then next thing you know, it's 
time to get a, an acoustic because that's going to inspire you even more. Mm-hmm. I think there's something important to that, you know, because then the idea is the electric is for me to learn on and all that. And then when I feel confident enough, I get an acoustic for performance. Now I can go play a campfire. Now I can go play at the lake. Now I can go, you know, to a coffee shop or whatever. True. Um, true. That's true. So to answer your question, I don't think there is an exact answer to your question. Mm. <laughs> That's well, my that makes answer. it complicated. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. There, there isn't an exact answer because it really does depend on the situation. Yeah, and I've I've told people before if they were playing acoustic guitar and they're struggling with it a little bit to put electric strings on their acoustic guitar. That's something mm. somebody told me early on. It's like, hey, try this out. Um, it may be easier to play a little bit. And I did that for probably a year or so till I kind of got the hang of it, built my fingers up a little bit. Yeah, but you'll definitely have to have that thing set up because then sure. your action's gonna be huge, you know. Yeah, yeah. With that, but yeah. Now, if you have somebody who is looking to get a guitar, one of the questions they often ask, if it's a first-time buyer, they have no idea what to get, they often go, well, how much should I spend? So what do you think is a good budget for a first guitar, and where should you buy this guitar? I've thought about this a lot because I've had this happen um, to me a lot. I, I like to think... It used to be a hundred bucks was kind of my thought on it. And yeah. I think now it's probably $150 because things have just gone up. I think if somebody's just saying, Hey, I want absolute cheap, you know, the cheapest one they make, I would say, you know, Epiphone usually makes a decent, are we talking acoustic yeah. or, or electric here? Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Just whatever. Most of my friends, when they come to me, they're looking for an acoustic guitar. So, you know, Fender usually makes a a hundred dollar guitar, especially around Christmas time, you know, everybody's making a hundred dollar guitar. Oh yeah. Um, but as far as electrics go, you know, the Squire affinity, um, whenever my stepson started playing, we bought him one of the hundred dollar affinity Squire strats. And I just, I just think those are all pretty consistent from what I've seen. So you can get them from Sweetwater, musician's friend, whatever guitar center. Uh, they're all going to be about the same. Now, if it's somebody who's a little more experienced and they're looking I would say around the three to four hundred dollar range is kind of what I would expect yeah. to to pay for kind of a next level. And again, when you get to that level, I think there's some there's some kind of um, other options out there that aren't as popular that I would be looking for. And those are things like, have you ever heard of lag guitars? Lag. I have not. They're just kind of random places. You know, some music stores carry them. Um, those and orange wood guitars that are, I think, direct to public. Yeah, I've seen those and, and they're all really nice guitars and you can get those for, you know, sub 300 bucks. But when it comes to electric guitars, I think the best value right now is a Paul Reed Smith SE model. Oh, sure. But a Paul Reed Smith SE model or like 500 minimum. Yeah, well, I'm talking used. Like you can find them oh, okay. at Guitar Center used. You can find them on Craigslist used, whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what I would probably recommend to somebody. When you kind of get into that range, you want to try them out a little bit more. You probably shouldn't order online. I'm similar in your thought, but to me, there is a huge gap of quality of guitar between $150 and $300. Yes, for But sure. there is a smaller gap between $350 and $1,000. Mm-hmm. I agree. So... Part of me believes that if, if you want to set somebody up for success, you know, let's say it's a kid and you're buying it for your kid. 
you don't want to spend $350 and then they trash the thing. Right. You know, like, so I understand the, oh, let's buy them something cheaper. But at the same time, you also want to set them up for success. You don't want something that doesn't stay in tune. You don't want something that isn't inspiring to them. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think the perfect budget amount for most people probably should be around the $300 range. Yeah, I agree. And largely the reason why I say that $300 range is because you can get a lot of bang for buck that ultimately if your kid doesn't play it and it's five years later, 10 years later, or you're an adult and you decided to go out there with a $300, $350 price range and five, 10 years later, you don't play it and you never really attached onto it selling it off for a couple hundred dollars should still be an option as opposed to buying a thousand dollar guitar a lot of those thousand dollar guitars five six years later is gonna be worth maybe five hundred dollars yeah yep so your investment is not as good but obviously if you end up loving it and keeping it and cherishing it and plan to give it to a your kid someday or whatever then Mm -hmm. yeah maybe it's maybe it's worthwhile you know, I love Ernie Ball Music Man guitars. They started making a Sterling model, which is kind of their oh, lower yeah. end model. And you can get those. I'm looking right now at Musician's Friend, $2.99 for a, like a Strat style guitar. And those things, they play great. The necks are, mm-hmm. are fantastic on them. Pickups are good. So, I mean, if, you, if you're looking to start, you know, buy an electric guitar, I would highly recommend looking at one of those. Yeah. They're nice, nice guitars. OLP is what it used to be. Yes, Remember, OLP. Oh, officially yeah. licensed product is what it stood yeah. for. Are you down with OLP? <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but But, you know, like there's a lot of really good ones out there. But even though I would say that kind of that 300-ish is where you should be, honestly, it still comes down to what inspires the player the most. Right. Because... If you're inspired by blues and you go, I need a Strat or an ES style guitar, and sure, you can get a Johnson or a Stag or whatever that looks like a Strat, but if Mm -hmm. in your head, a Strat also needs to be a Fender or a Squire or something like that, well, you're going to have to pony up a little bit more for the name brand, but at the same time, if that inspires you more to play then then do that it's a good investment well and that's the other part to it is that of course it's also going to retain its value a little bit yep. better because mm-hmm. it's a name brand behind it now with that all said where do you where do i say you should buy it from i will tell you where not to buy it from for sure okay and that's a pawn shop i could not agree more because back in the day, we used to go to pawn shops. That's where we found... I used to hit pawn shops all the time. Every pawn shop. For sure. But if I'm a brand new player, I don't know how to make that playable again. Mm-mm. I don't know. I mean, those strings are rusty. They never checked it out. There is no setup. If the guitar was sold at a pawn shop, oftentimes it was an unvalued instrument to the person who had it before. Yep. Or stolen. Well, or stolen, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's not going to be something that somebody cherished. Odds are, nowadays. And so because of that, it's going to be neglected. There's going to be mm-hmm. scratchy pots. There's going to be switches that don't work. There's going to be pickups that don't work. Yep. Honestly, I'm with you. I would go to either your local mom and pop shop, or I would go to like a guitar center, or a Sam Ash, 
or mm-hmm. something like that. Check out their use section. Yeah. Check out their you know player packs. Check out whatever. That's where I would go because ultimately, if if you don't know anything about guitar, where are you going to go whenever the thing needs to be restrung or yeah. it it's not playing properly or something's wrong? Well, especially the mom and pop shops, they're going to help you out and they're going to educate you because they want you to stay interested. It is in their best interest yeah. that you continue loving the guitar. True. And, you know, a lot of people bash on Guitar Center, but I, I personally, I like Guitar Center. I buy a lot of stuff from there. Yep. I love that you can go buy something, and if you don't like it, for any reason, you take it back. I think you've got 45 days usually to take it back. So uh, if you are buying a first guitar and you buy it for somebody and they just decide, hey, I don't really like humbuckers or I don't like single coils or whatever, they'll take it back, and they don't give you any hassle at all. You just walk in and say, I want to yeah. return this, and they're, okay, they return it. So I do think if you're... um you know, trying everything out, that's probably a good place to buy one. Even used stuff, they'll, yeah. they'll still return it. So um, that's a lot better than if you buy it off, you know, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or whatever, because once you walk away and hand over the money, then it's yours no matter what. So yeah, right. I, I would definitely maybe try a return policy if you're not sure of what you want. The thing that people don't understand and is that these guitars they kind of are investments. Now, I understand that this is going to be more of the exception than the rule kind of story. But my dad's first guitar was either a 1958 or 59 Gibson Les Paul Jr. double cut. Oh, gosh. In that red color. Oh. And he played it through his first amplifier, which was a Fender Pro Reverb. Okay. And... Which is, a, by the he, way, that's a setup I would love to have right now. Can you even yeah. imagine? Oh. And at the time, this was beginner gear. Yeah. And he decided to sell off both of them because the Fender Pro Reverb wasn't loud enough and it <laughs> wasn't big. It wasn't, you know, how was it supposed to push a sound through an entire auditorium? I mean, this, this isn't going to work. Which is funny because now... Pro reverbs are too loud for everybody. That's yeah. like nobody wants them because they're too loud. Yeah, and and then he the reason why he sold off his Les Paul Junior was because it was just one pickup. It's kind of junky, <laughs> and you know now we're all like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, and it's just really interesting, and we don't even know if it really was a fifty-eight or a fifty-nine. It is my guess that it's a fifty-eight or a fifty-nine, and the reason why is when I asked him why he didn't like it. He said, I, you know, it was just one pickup. It was kind of junky. Plus that neck was just really big. (laughs) God, that's what I dream about. Son of a gun. You know, so, so that I, I, I tell you that to tell you this, the gear that you get, if you do invest in it and you take care of it, potentially down the line is going to be worth more, especially if you're not playing it a ton. Yeah. It's going to be one of those closet Queens. So it could be a good investment depending on what you get. Of course, if you don't know how to play guitar and you don't know anything about it, you don't know what a good investment is. But, you know, I think we should get into a little time machine or we should get into a little nostalgia moment. And let's go back to beginner Jason and beginner Dr. T. But we're going to go into today's time. Okay. If you didn't know how to play guitar at all. Which is not a stretch for me. (laughs) And you had zero understanding of it. Also not a stretch. What guitar 
would you choose as your first guitar now to learn on? Okay. If I were right now going out to look, I believe that I'd probably go with one of the Taylor Academy series, the 12 models. Mm-hmm. They're right around, you know, 500 bucks, which may have been a little much then. Maybe. Maybe. Um, if, I were, if I were going cheaper than that, I would probably be looking at one of the Squire Classic Vibe strats. That's probably what I'd be looking for. Yeah. I like where you're at with this because based on stuff that you'd be into, because you wouldn't, it's not like you wouldn't be into Ed Sheeran and you wouldn't be into John Mayer. Yeah. You would still be into them now, even if you didn't play guitar. Yeah, right, right. So you would look at what they play right. and then go, well, I want that then. Yeah, and I, th- and I think that's so, pretty evident over, you know, anybody who's ever listened to this is, is I am greatly influenced by people that I like. And, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's, it's just fun to me. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a career out of it. I'm not, I mean, I never will. And, nope. and it's just, it's, it's a hobby that I do. And so, you know, you see guys out playing golf wearing Tiger Woods caps or whatever. That's cool. That's what they <laughs> like. Well, same thing with me. Yeah. You know, if I play a Paisley drive pedal, it's just because that's what I like. I want to play, try to play like Brad Paisley a little bit. So I definitely think something that looked like something that somebody plays that I liked. So like, like we said, the Squire classic vibe strat, you know, something that, that I could feel like, Hey, when I play this, I'm looking like John Mayer just a little bit, you know? Right. So mine is the talent. Now, you know, you, you have a full-time job. So spending $500 for a guitar that you want to learn on, you know, saving up a little bit from your paycheck and Mm -hmm. doing that, that makes sense. You know, for a kid, if they're having to pay for it on their own, mowing lawns, doing all that kind of stuff, maybe they go a little bit less. But I like where you're at in the sense that if it were now, right now, Jason being here for already four decades, you know, what are you going to pick up? I Yeah, I I, I think that that those are good, good options for you. For me, if I were picking... I think I would probably look for something that's comfortable, okay. you know, because comfortable is important. You know, if I was going back in time and I was you know, eight years old or something like that, then I'd probably be looking for a small guitar, yeah, right. you know, like one of the minis, yeah. you know, just so it's comfortable. It's my size. But we're talking I'm an adult. You know, I'm just going back in the time machine in in the fact that I never learned to play guitar. Now I'm learning. OK, so I would want something that's inspiring. You know, I want to be motivated. I want something that's there. But I also need something that's going to be playable. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want it to be hard to push down. I don't want it to be hard to keep in tune. Yep. So I think if I were picking right now, I would either pick the Epiphone Les Paul Special VE, which is kind of like the Special 2s yep. back yep. in the day. I'd probably pick something like that because that's about $180. And my son actually has that guitar. Okay. Uh, it was actually given to him by his grandparents. And they were actually going through a storage locker and they found it. Really? And yeah. And huh. the reason why they were going through the storage locker was because his great grandmother was helping someone pay for the storage locker. And that person didn't pay her for a year. Oh, wow. And so she went, you know what? I'm going to go through the storage locker and I'm going to find something to at least offset yeah. this. I, I loaned you money and you didn't do it. Yeah. And they found this guitar and went, 
great. It's Owens now. Okay. Cool. And so that that's pretty cool. And I've played that guitar, and that guitar is legit. Okay. It plays well. It sounds good. The neck feels really good. Yeah. I was shocked at 180 bucks. That special two is pretty pretty rocking. Yeah. Yeah. But they also make a player pack of it. Oh yeah. And so for two hundred and fifty dollars, you can get this performance pack where it comes with an amplifier. It comes with a guitar strap. Mm-hmm. It comes with picks. It comes with a cable. It comes with a gig bag. And I think I would probably do that because I am a deal guy. I like deals. Yeah. But at the same time, it allows me to change out the pieces as I feel fit. You know, because at first I'm going to play in my room and no one's going to hear me. But then I'm going to feel pretty comfortable and I'm going to want to plug that into the amplifier. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to want to start playing standing up yeah. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I would I would either pick that or for another like hundred dollars, you can get the slash version. Oh, yes. Which has a little bit of a raised top, has like, yep. you know, the flame top on it and that kind of stuff. And I, I might do that as well. Yeah. And you see, I mean, if you go into any guitar shop at Christmas time, you see people just walking out with those like crazy and yeah. so, I mean, they're they're a great value. Yeah, I I I think that's a great choice. Probably better than my choice. Well, the only reason why I would also go the Epiphone route is also because, well, first of all, it's got a name behind it. Yep. And actually, what Epiphone's been doing now is amazing. Like they they really under the new management and everything, they're putting out some pretty quality stuff, yeah. which is good. And good. and honestly, it wasn't that bad before. It was Gibson that everybody had problem with quality control. Yeah. I mean, Epiphone's really been killing it lately. But the thing is is that I also don't like the hum. So when I do plug it in, it's such an undesirable noise that I would feel like it was my fault, you know, and that would lack my confidence and and that kind of stuff. So if I didn't have it already stuck in my head that I wanted a Strat, if I didn't already have it stuck in my head that I want a Telecaster, then getting something like, quote unquote, Slash Plays, um, or that special too, like that would be right on par with, with what I was interested in. But if I was an acoustic player, and I wanted an acoustic guitar. I don't know if you've seen this, but on Sweetwater, they actually have this limited edition run of Epiphone Dove guitars. Okay. No, I've not seen it. And it's this like gray burst. Okay. Like it has a black outer and it's gray on the inside. And it's got the Dove pickguard and all that. And And here's my confession time. Ever since I saw the movie... Pure country. Pure country. Exactly. Yep. I knew it. I have wanted a Dove guitar. Yep. I just remember George Strait sitting at that kitchen table mm-hmm. and looking going, is that my old Dove? Or I forget how he said yeah, it. That's what he said. And I I just remember him saying that and going, what's a Dove? Yep. And then I saw it and I fell in love. I was like, that's it. I want a Dove. Mm-hmm. But Epiphone is making it for $380. Yeah at Sweetwater and it has a pickup in it and it looks gorgeous and they have the regular like cherry burst look but I I fell in love with that black and gray yeah like it, it's pretty sweet have you seen I'm it? looking at it right now it's cool I I'm a I'm a sucker for the violin burst myself or the cherry burst yeah but trans ebony which is 
I think I uh, I think I met him at one that's point. That's a sexy name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went one way, you went the other. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> RuPaul I may not recover from that one. <laughs> if you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Let's hear from another sponsor. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, if you love family friendly, if you love camping, then you should look into LifeFest. LifeFest is one of the largest Christian music festivals in America and draws attendees from across the United States to worship together, deepen their faith, and strengthen relationships with family and friends. This three-day event features dozens of artists, engaging seminars, and much more. This year, in 2021, we have two festivals. Come join a party with a purpose in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on July 8th through 11th or on the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bon Agua, Tennessee on July 29th through 31st. I'll see you there. All right. Well, I think that starts to bring us towards the end. And as we come towards the end, one of our last things we really need to talk about is if I was a first-time player or if you were a first-time player or we had someone who was a first-time player and you know didn't know what to do and what to buy what would you tell them to stay away from what features on a guitar or possibly even brands would you say you don't want that just make sure you don't get something with that and you'll have a successful first go at it if you're in that lower price range, you know, under 500 bucks, I would be looking for something that was kind of bare bones. I, you know, no mother pearl inlays around it. No fancy mm-hmm. anything because the more money they spend on that, the less money they spent on good quality wood. So I would look for for something just... Or pickups. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. pickups, whatever. Or fret jobs. Tuners. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. so my advice would be to get a quality name brand like a Taylor, you know, one of their lower, lower ends or the, the academies. Yep. And, or the you, baby. Yeah. The baby is great. Get something like that. I would just say, avoid anything that you're getting just because of the way it looks. Cause I made that mistake. You know, you, you're like, Oh, I've got to have an acoustic with a cutaway and a pickup, but you're getting a really poor quality guitar that just looks, yeah. looks good. So I would definitely take somebody with you who plays guitar and find one that, that plays yeah. well and, and sounds good. But my number one advice I can give to somebody is once you get your guitar, take it to somebody and have it set up. I think that's one of the mm-hmm. main things that you can do. And I, you know, even playing as long as I have, I still use lighter gauge strings than most everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to go if you get an electric guitar and, and go down to nines. Or if you play acoustic, get extra light strings. Uh, but just get it set up by somebody who knows what they're doing because a playable guitar is going to make you want to play it a lot more than high action and... and um, Fret sprout. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. So, yep. so you know, you may pay 60 bucks to get it set up, but it is well worth it, definitely. I, I'm on the same boat as you are. And I will add that if I'm going to tell somebody, don't get something like this, I'm going to tell them if you're just trying to learn and you don't have a specific like this is what I want or this is what I'm looking for, 
then I highly suggest you do not get something with a tremolo. Okay. Especially a Floyd Rose or a Bigsby. Because those things, well, a Floyd Rose is a nightmare to set up if it gets out of whack. Just a complete nightmare. Plus, actually getting the strings in there and restringing it is its own art. You you have to get a, a, an associate's degree in Floyd Rose <laughs> okay. um, in order to be able to do it. It's definitely a two-year degree. Okay. okay? Yeah. It's, it, and it's not night school. This, mm. is, this is solid okay. study. Now, a Bigsby, yeah, you got a lot of cool stuff, but even the Bigsby has a lot of working parts to it. It's not always the nut that's the problem. Sometimes it's the Bigsby itself on why things don't stay in tune. Okay. So that one's difficult as well. And honestly, with Strat Tremlos, I feel the same way because some of those Strat Tremlos, they put the the cheaper springs in it. And so it can get sprung. I I remember, you know, leaving the bar on and then I put it back in the case. And then now I've stretched the springs out and I've messed up Mm -hmm. and it's all out of whack. And until you know what you're doing, I I would stay away from Tremlos. The other thing is I would stay away from crummy tuners like Mm -hmm. honestly when you get the guitar and you go and you feel it and you're like oh this feels good it looks good it's everything that i want it's a good price all that kind of stuff i would then ask for a tuner and try and tune the guitar okay and if it's hard to tune the guitar you don't want it because those those tuners may look pretty but sometimes they're not 18 to 1 ratio 14 to 1 ratio sometimes they're just like rickety sometimes it's the nut that's the problem you don't want to deal with any of those things and so i think that goes to what you were talking about where it's take somebody who plays guitar someone who knows guitar and have them go with you and help you out Mm -hmm. unfortunately it's not the sales associate no not always they're there to move guitars yes they are and some of the mom and pop shops they're better with that yeah, I would be more likely if I lived in Nashville, I would have no problem going to Carter Vintage and having them help me pick a guitar yeah. because they're they want you to be one with the guitar. They want they want the guitar to pick you as much as you pick the guitar. So they're not going to steer you just to push a guitar, yeah. just to sell a guitar. All right. Well, I guess that kind of probably brings us to final thoughts. Yeah. So do you have any final thoughts on on a first guitar and picking a first guitar? Well, I do think right now that it's it's such a great time to be learning guitar. There's so many options out Absolutely. there. Um, you know, we've got Guitar Center, we've got Music Go Round, and and Sam Ash and Sweetwater, Musician's Friend, and all these online mm-hmm. retailers. Uh, you've also got Amazon and, you know, options. So I would just say, yeah, get out there and, and do some research and watch some YouTube videos, and then go out there and play something and whatever feels good. Um get it and enjoy it because there are a lot of really great guitars out there for for decent money yeah absolutely well that concludes our time of the tweed couch guitar therapy session if you like what you heard leave five stars in a review also don't forget to check us out on instagram facebook and twitter at the tweed couch until next time 